Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. The fact that sometimes we suffer imposter syndrome, the fact sometimes that we are terrified also makes me push the other way and think, no, I'm actually going to do this. My name is Spree Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. We are right now in Amsterdam. Yes, so excited to be here. Was here with the Next Web, one of the most iconic tech conferences in the world. And today we get to celebrate Kirsten. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for making time to meet me in the middle of this crazy city on, pleasure. on this weekend day. And so tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Right. My name is Kirsten de Bouter. I am Dutch, um, but I have lived in the UK for a very, very, very long time. I feel a little bit of a tourist in my own uh, country now. I've only been back for about two years. Uh, my background is in psychology and corporate coaching, but I'm also a director of two tech companies. And I really wanted to start something a little bit differently when I moved back to the Netherlands. Um, so currently I'm writing a book um, and it's going to be published by uh, the end of this year. It's called The Every Year Itch, Do Life Differently. So all my experience of having coached people predominantly uh, in tech companies with tech entrepreneurs, I'm very much trying to look at the idea of uh, rethinking and flip thinking work and life in a tech tech world. And when did you first become passionate about technology? Well, that's probably quite some time ago because I'm not one of these um, conventional people that uh, needs to finish one particular chapter as it is prescribed. So I moved away to the UK when I was very young um, and I was only going to be there for six months. Uh, I returned 26 years later, <laughs> stayed there for a very, very long time, uh, studied there, worked there, and uh, I never really fancied the idea of a regular job. So the idea of having a, a nine-to-five uh, was never on my radar. So with the whole development of tech, that gave me a, an unbelievable opportunity to be able to work my own timings with clients wherever I am, whatever I do. And that was so, it was just a, it was just a, a great opportunity. And where did you develop your skill set as a professional? So, as I said, my um, background is in psychology. So I'm psychology trained, I'm coaching trained, uh, and I've really used the idea of tech to uh, grow my business, further my business. Um, and um, I think 
really, if I'm honest, a lot of those um, skill sets have come on the run. As they've come out, I think it's a way of trying things out, either taking them on board um, and on, on the side of it, I've obviously worked with a lot of entrepreneurs who have been using that kind of technology. So then it's a question of researching what technology would best suit their organization, what could we adopt, um, and where can we get them the, the quickest in the, in the best possible time with what kind of resources. And so walk me through what it's like to work with one of your clients. Like, How do you discover what technology is best for them, and, and what kind of um, solutions are you trying to come up with? What are the pain points that you're addressing? So very often um, when I work with entrepreneurs uh, and business owners, they are on a crossroads when I start working with them. Uh, and I do think that uh, we're obviously in a tech space, so our thinking is a little bit differently. But if we look at the vast majority of the people that I work with, they are still quite a long way, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but they're quite a long way from what I call the sort of new think. So they have perhaps started their business perhaps a couple of years ago or 10 or 20 years ago and have out-of-date systems. Then they get to this crossroads because in order to be able to competitive in this new world, you need to very much start looking at, okay, how can I um, go, go to the next uh, chapter or go to the next, uh, get through the next obstacle? So um, normally it starts with a whole kind of evaluation and that is a very simple question. Where are you at the moment or where are you as a team and where do you want to be? Now very often people start to then think um, according to uh, an, uh, an old framework, so what they are supposed to do. And this is where I like to troubleshoot because I say to people, well, are you sure? Is it? Does it have to be this way? So it's a it's a question of uh, having a, a really great conversation, but being able to ask very critical questions. Then, of course, it's a, a very simple uh, creation of a roadmap. Where are you at the moment, and where are you going to? So, in that whole sort of uh, fact finding mission in the beginning, when I work with a with a team or work with a, an entrepreneur. Uh, tech is a very, very big part of that because uh, I tend to find that people want to think in old structures, old ways. Can we do it this way, that way? Ask critical questions. Well, have you ever tried? So then we need to see where the pain points are indeed. So um, a client, for instance, I'm working with at the moment has been running his company in a certain way for a very long time. Um, and I try to say to him, what got you here is not going to get you there because it simply won't work. So um, that means that him and his team are at the pivotal point. Uh, he can't ever really step away from his organization. So we have had to set up systems, which he found very difficult because that means letting go. But um, I said, you don't have to really let go to such a large degree because you can use technology uh, and still link into those systems wherever you need to where, and wherever you are. Um, but the kind of work that I do is very diverse. Because with that whole um, trying to identify what kind of tech is needed comes the, the human part, which obviously is what I specialize in. Because the, the human part is, are people open enough to be able to adopt it uh, or try it out? Uh, are people open enough to be able to think a little bit different in their organizations? Uh, or are people, and this is sadly what I find a lot of the time, uh, sort of holding on to how they've always done it. 
I think I think one of the things that is really difficult is like when we're looking for a new piece of software, like an email marketing program or um, something to uh, have one site communicate to another site. Um, we get lost in like an internet rabbit hole and not know like there's so many different options. So what is your process in finding the tools for the companies? And do you have a set list of software that you really think is the best or do you start from scratch with every client? Well, I think because I've done this with quite a number of organizations, there are uh, personal favorites. There are things that you think, okay, that works very well. That's a great communication tool, uh, which I would always recommend. But I also think it's very important, again, this is the whole technology stroke psychology, that you don't shut yourself down. You need to be open all the time. And there are a lot of options. Um, And this is also a world where, you know, it's not one size fits all. There's lots of different opportunities things coming out all the time and I think it comes to, for me more to a natural way of working so um, these, these, these old ways of set up where you've got um, a team at the top who dictates what needs to be done um, and then certain ways and procedures uh, I often say to teams well how about getting your staff um, to come up with ideas get them to, to come up with different solutions they might have various experiences tap into the potential of your team and come out with um, you know a whole set of solutions right. rather than uh, okay here is we go through this process and there's one golden right. ticket at the end kind of like a community hackathon what what uh, what are your favorite software hardware websites um, in terms of tools, uh, the, the the ones that we like to to use or I find are great within um, within organisations. Obviously, communication tools such as Slack uh, is fantastic. Um, I, I just think that the whole um, idea, if I work with, with clients who need to uh, organize their marketing, if you have something like eClincher where you can really look at... eClincher? Or, yeah. eClincher. I hadn't heard of eClincher. Yeah, What's you, eClincher do? You can organize all your social media uh, output in one place. That's E-C-L-E-N-C-H-E-R. Yeah. And our teammate Carl will include all of these in the show notes so you guys can easily check them out. Yeah. Uh, that's great. How about your favorite mobile app? My favorite mobile app, uh, let me see. So then we back to the Netherlands. It's actually WhatsApp. WhatsApp, yeah. WhatsApp know, is very helpful. Because 100%. it is such a great way of communicating to people. And, um, you know, and after this uh, interview, I'm going to think, oh, I know another hundred. But right yeah. now I'm thinking, but WhatsApp is so widely used. And because I work cross-country, yeah. cross-border, um, Zoom is another one I work with an awful lot. And tell us about Zoom. So I love Zoom um, because obviously I can schedule meetings, I can host meetings, uh, but because I work with people internationally, which is the exciting thing with what I do, uh, I am not restricted to borders. Uh, I can work with people in Ireland, in the US. I can, I, I've interviewed people and spoken to people, coached people, uh, consulted people in Italy, um, Austria, France, all over the place. And Zoom has never let me down. That's <laughs> Basically, awesome. is, is what... Uh, so you can record things. Uh, you can... Uh, the, the only thing I'd say sometimes, uh, I've not been able to use the video quite so well, depending on who I mean, how many people are on the call, but it's never let me down. It's a fantastic way of uh, communicating. And what, what other kind of... Um if anything else comes to mind, software, when you're talking about helping people implement processes or rethinking their systems and their company, what's one more piece of software that you recommend or maybe um, 
a, a tool or a system that you use, something that they could take from listening to this and implement right away? Well, if I would first of all say to your listeners to, before you start implementing the tools, is to actually get um, the people around the table. So what you said just now about having a hackathon, I really think that there should be a space where you can um, have this beautiful crossover between psychology and technology, where there is so much in people that can be harvested, that can be taken out, great ideas, to which then, once you've got these things on the, paper, on the table, um, in, in, in various ways where you can actually, um, you know, do a brainstorm, get into sparring sessions together and then come out the other end and say, okay, what suits this best? I think that's where companies might miss a trick. First of all, because um, these these developments technologically has happened so fast and I think in organizations that I work, there is often so much more to be harvested from the people get their ideas on board uh, and, and get them to hear, hear say their voice, get them out there um, and uh, if you've got uh, employees all across the world get a Crowdcast meeting, get them all on there. And what is Crowdcast? So with Crowdcast is another way of communicating where you can actually uh, lead the meeting um, whilst other people chip in you can have a, a much wider group of people on there um, get people to type messages uh, you can teach through it um, you can consult through it but you can also get people to um, put forward their ideas it's a great way of um, it's actually I, I work with a company it's a little while ago now it's, it's TomTom it's actually right here in Amsterdam not yeah. far from where we sitting and TomTom Tom is the navigating system that's right, right yeah. yeah they have um, many different people working right across Europe so um, they they said wouldn't it be a great idea to actually get everybody together right. put the heads together like a town hall yeah um, now we actually ended up doing that in person here in Amsterdam um, but there's many times that I've done this using something like Crowdcast where you can actually get people all come on board they can all join I, I just think this whole idea of not necessarily needing to be sitting next to each other anymore, um, but uh, to be able to get people's input. So Crowdcast, and um, I have also used with interviewing various people uh, where you can actually record things using Zencaster, which is another great piece of... And what is Zencaster? So Zencaster is a great way of, uh, if you're, for instance, doing something like a podcast or you want to record something, to use Zencaster because you can record both sides and you can edit um, but you can also use that recording piece of equipment for lots of different um, means. And um, you talked about Crowdcast, you talked about Zoom and then there's a Google Meet. What would you say, why use uh, Crowdcast in an internal company situation versus uh, Zoom which is more private? Uh, I've seen both happen. Um, the Crowdcast on the whole, I see more use within organizations in a sort of um, uh, se seminar teaching kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, and with Zoom, more smaller groups where you can communicate. Um, I wouldn't probably, I, I don't think that there, I've seen them both work really well. I wouldn't say, well, that one's better for this. It depends what you would want to use it for. But Crowdcast on the whole, I tend to use and I've seen used where people are actually leading a meeting where people can be there, but not necessarily all visible, but they can put messages through. Interesting. 
Um, one cool trick um, for those of you thinking about doing a webinar or a team meeting utilizing Crowdcast is Crowdcast um, syncs with Facebook groups, YouTube, um, Twitch, um, a ton of other services. So you literally can take your Crowdcast URL once you create the meeting, put it in a Facebook group, and then your meeting will air live in that group. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. So what is... Um, a couple last questions. What is a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Well, I probably go to the most recent one because I do think I keep coming back to this sort of human part and yeah. the human aspect. But um, I do think that um, there's an awful lot of fear out there, an awful lot of insecurity, uh, an awful lot of lack of confidence. Um, and this is right across the board. So even if people portray these really successful pictures to the outside world, yeah. um, people on the whole are very fearful. There are not necessarily very clear boundaries anymore in the current working world. I do uh, lots of um, public speaking about this. I just said, actually, I'm going to create a bit of space to write a book. Now, the minute you do that, uh, fear comes flooding in, lack of confidence. uh, Then you've got to find yourself a publisher. You've got to start writing. Um, And I've been doing that for the last six or nine months or so. And it's been a very, very scary, but unbelievably rewarding journey. And how did you overcome the fear of, of writing the book? Um, I guess initially, I, I haven't quite overcome it because there's a wonderful saying once some, somebody once said to me, which is grant me the fear that keeps me succeeding. So the fact that sometimes we suffer imposter syndrome, the fact sometimes that we are terrified also makes me push the other way and think, no, I'm actually going to do this. So I started writing the book. Um, I got a publisher. Uh, that was an interesting process because um, she said, I wanted to write a book about potential, the potential within tech and within human beings. And she said, love the subject, way too broad. And so then I spent six weeks battling with her to try and find my niche, if you like, the title of the book, which became The Every Year Itch. Uh, because there are so many possibilities. And then, of course, within the writing, I am discovering new types of technology all the time to get my first voice heard, but most importantly, get the communication and the conversation starting with people. Um, The writing of the book is one thing, but to actually go out there, collaborate with people, uh, find out what tech can you use, what methods can you use. So I think um, I haven't conquered the fear. I stare it in the face every single day. The book's nearly finished. Uh, I am out there speaking about this particular topic. Um, and uh, I think the finding your tribe part of it is very important to overcome a little bit of the fear. Uh, find like-minded people who would like to collaborate, who love to embrace tech, and who would like to think a little bit differently about how you can work and live in, 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 the, new, in, the, in the future, in the new world. And what's the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? I think what I just said about find your tribe um, has been very, very good. When I had a low point a little while ago, um, I actually collaborate with other authors and journalists and I was in that particular space and somebody said to me very generously, um, you can't please everybody. You just got to follow your heart and get it out there. Find your tribe, connect with the people that you have some sort of, um, you resonate with. Um, And 
somehow that really helped me. That idea that I can't please everybody, um, but I do know there's an awful lot of people that I can get from A to B, perhaps by saying the right thing or writing this book um, or by being generous when I take on a contract. But um, we spoke earlier about collaboration. I do think there is an awful lot to be more to be won by collaborating and working together and embracing technology in the process. And where can people find you? Right, so um, you can find me on Twitter, at uh, Kirsten Debauter. Can you spell it? Yes, K-I-R-S-T-E-N-D-E-B-O-U-T-E-R. That's also the name of my website, kirstendebauter.com. Um, and you'll see all the information there. Follow me on Instagram. Um, I've got a podcast, which is called The Every Year Itch Podcast. So I'm interviewing people who do life differently. So on the whole, they're people who have embraced technology, uh, people who are traveling around the world and still working from a laptop or their phones. Um, and I really want to start this conversation. People who can think outside the box and do things a little bit differently so if people want to find me on the podcast uh, I will be delighted to have them as my listeners and I would love, also love to find people who are doing life differently who I could interview for that podcast thank you so much for hanging out with the women in tech podcast I love being here thank you so much it's been awesome if you want to connect and collaborate with more women in tech around the world remember to go to the women in tech facebook group at womenintechvip.com that's womenintechvip.com say hello on social at women in tech show on twitter on instagram on facebook i will see you guys talk to you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye hey you're listening to kirsten debauter i am director of tracer.com an internal mail tracking system i'm also director of visualmile.com and i'm the author of the every year itch book do life differently and you're listening to women in tech women in tech is an independently funded project funded by you the community so the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.